this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Check out the YouTube channel. We are uploading shows to YouTube, the shows that we release on a weekly basis, and the archive. And we're going to be dropping Legion of Legends right there on the YouTube channel for the confessionals. So go ahead and look that up when you get a chance and hit subscribe so you don't miss a freaking thing. Now, if you want to become a member and get extra shows every week, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today because we offer a bonus show every Thursday for members only and not just on the website any longer. I am so excited to announce right now that for members, you have the option to listen to member shows on an app. It's functional and it's ready to rock. As you listen to this right now, if you look in your email, you will have an email waiting for you that is an invite from the Castos app. C-A-S-T-O-S, Castos app. All you got to do is open that email up, download the app from the Google Play Store or the Apple Store right there from the email. When you open the app, it will ask you to put in your member email. When you put that member email in, it will send you a magic, what they call a magic link to your email. Open that email up, click the magic link. It will redirect you to the app and boom, you will see all the member shows sitting there waiting for you. And now that we have the option of app listening for all Android and Apple devices, I'm going to be uploading the Tuesday shows there as well advertisement free. There will be no advertisement listening on the app for the members. So if that interests you and you want to hear all the bonus content that we've ever come out with for members, plus advertisement free listening for the Tuesday shows, 
Become a member. Just go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button. And when you hit that join button and you sign up to become a member, you're automatically going to get an email from Castos to register your app to listen to all the confessionals content right there on the app at your convenience. I am so excited to announce that we have this. I've been waiting a long time for this app idea to come to fruition. I've had many, many people tell me as soon as we have an app, they would be a member. And trust me, as much as people wanted the app, I wanted it more than you did. And I'm so excited there is an app available right now for all member content and Tuesday shows advertisement free. I'm excited and I hope you're excited too. Before we get into this week's show with Chris, I want to play a voicemail that I received with my dad on our other podcast, Hammer Lane Legends, from a guy named Sam. Sam was on episode two of Hammer Lane Legends, and he literally was one of the top five interviews I've ever done from both shows. His interview was absolutely jaw-dropping, amazing, all-timer, and he called into our voicemail line to tell us a little spooky story that had to do with the truck because the guy was in a truck, but it's a farming community, and this guy had something drive up on him in another truck, stop in front of him, and what got out was probably not human, and it came after the guy. Listen to this voicemail, and then we're going to get into our interview with Chris and reality tripping because Chris has got a lot of crazy stories that he's been through. Let's get to this week's show right now. Hey, Tony and Brian. It's Sam from episode two. Hey, I got a story I think you guys are really going to like. I just uh, listened to Tony's other podcast, and he had a Mormon missionary on who shared a little bit of some stories. One of them was about a early leader of the Mormon church, David W. Patton, who was riding his mule and talked to a wild hairy man who claimed to be Cain and who many people interpret that to be Sasquatch. Well, that reminded me of a story I've known my entire life, and it happened in a truck. So I hope you don't mind me sharing it here. This happened in a very remote farming community in Idaho. My dad knew the man it happened to, and my uncle is friends with the man, and they both heard it firsthand from him, so I believe it. I'm going to change the guy's name and call him Michael. But Michael was about 20 years old, and as a baby and small boy, everyone called him Mikey. As he got older, he grew out of that nickname, and it had been years since anyone had called called him Mikey. Anyway, Michael was pretty wild in his teens and 20s, and his family would tell him that the devil was going to get him. But Michael always laughed, and and said that he wasn't that he wasn't scared of of that like most young men in Idaho at the time Michael worked on a farm they just finished baling hay and they were in the process of hauling the hay off the field and these are big big bales of hay so you need a tractor to lift them onto the truck and these fields are huge you know in some cases hundreds of acres big and the bales would be scattered all over the field. So you'd park your truck, pulling a flatbed trailer, 
by a group of bales out in the field, and then you'd have to walk over to where you left the tractor on the last load. And you'd drive your tractor back to where you'd left your truck, load all the bales, then go unload the bales, come back, repeat the process until you've cleared the whole field off. Well, in the early morning darkness, this is miles from anywhere. Michael pulls into a hay field in his truck and he drives towards the next group of bales he's going to load. As he's driving, he looks over and he sees the tractor lights, which is, you know, a couple hundred yards away. Sees the tractor lights turn on and start driving towards them. And he's happy because he thinks one of the other farmhands is out there to help him load. And this means he won't have to walk to the tractor in the dark. The tractor drives towards him with all its lights on. And when a tractor has all its lights on, it's it's pretty bright and he can't see anything except the lights as it gets closer. The tractor gets closer and closer, driving directly at him until Michael has to stop because he's afraid of a collision. The tractor stops inches from the front of Michael's truck, completely blinding him with the bright lights. But Michael's still thinking it's a co-worker, and he wonders what, what the hell this guy's doing. Through the glare of the bright lights, he can kind of see someone getting out of the tractor. And as the shape starts walking towards him, he can see that it's a huge, hairy man-shaped thing, covered with hair. It's extremely tall and is wearing no clothes. Well, Michael panics, he shoves the transmission in reverse, pops the clutch, and hits the throttle, and he's backing away as fast as old truck can go. But the shape increases its stride and is gaining on the truck, and once about 10 feet away, it takes a giant leap and lands on the driver's side step of Michael's truck. Michael's beyond scared now. He thinks he's going to die. And the creature leans in through the open window, almost touching Michael's face with its own, and asks Michael in a deep, gravelly voice, Are you afraid of me now, Mikey? I've I've heard that story my whole life. It's it's kind of a story that everybody knows in my family and and the people who, who know this guy know that this happened to him. I've also heard of a Sasquatches crawling into people's trucks at night during potato harvest when you're out harvesting potatoes in the dark. And I just wondered, Tony, if you've heard any other stories like this. I I was hesitant to share this because it's so strange, but I wonder if if you've heard anything like this. Maybe you could share this story on your other podcast and see if anybody's heard anything similar. Keep up the great work, guys. Love what you do. Take care. All right. Today, we got a great guest on the show, a legendary guest. We have Chester Bennington coming back from the dead. Chester, how are you, sir? Uh, I miss my father. (laughs) We're not going to go down that road. Okay. (laughs) Like, listen, listen, this is a paranormal show. Okay. We're going to focus on the paranormal today. 
Chester? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We got Chris today, but Chris looks an awful lot like Chester Bennington. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to see what Chester looks like, head on over to the YouTube channel and we'll be posting this interview on the YouTube channel for video purposes and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. I mean, you all listen, I'm, I should put a, I should put like a poll out somewhere asking, do you not agree that he looks like Chester Bennington? <laughs> have you ever heard I that should before? Change my glasses. I have heard that. And when I wear my black thick rim glasses, I get it even more so. Really? Yeah. I've gotten it a few times and I've also got the guy from uh, prison break one time. Oh yeah. Michael. I don't, I don't know his real yeah, name. Michael Schofield. Michael Schofield. <laughs> listen, when I was in college, that show came out. We didn't have cable in the dorms. The internet wasn't was what it was today. In fact, the way I watched Prison Break was on a bootleg website called Hulu. Yes, Hulu back when it was bootleg and all the things on it were bootleg streams that somebody stole from somewhere that were, you know, filmed in like a theater with a camera and all that crap. That's what Hulu used to be. And so I'm a poor college student huddled around my computer, refreshing the page because it keeps freezing, trying to see what what Michael does next and how does he get out of jail and all that stuff. I'm telling you, dude, uh, I've come a long way in life. <laughs> but yeah, you do look like him. I want to see your tats. <laughs> so uh, listen, man. You have these paranormal experiences that you had since you were a child, and uh, they they stem from you know different categories, but also even people in your life, like your ex and stuff. With uh, let's just call it the chanting. I'll let you get into it and stuff. Uh, but let's just start off from your childhood, dark figure, things that were happening in your life as a kid, and let's walk forward as to how things progressed in your life, man. All right. So the first it's kind of a vague memory. It's like one of those things that I, I remember, but it's like, have you ever had a friend where you tell them a story or you think you think something happened and then you run into them and they're like, Hey, remember that time this thing happened? And you're like, Oh yeah. I just don't have a friend to do that with. So <laughs> I remember I was five and I used to wake up early in the morning. Cause I had problems. Like I would wake up at like three in the morning and I was Jehovah's Witness at the time, and so I was raised to believe in the metaphysical and like spirits and demons and stuff. And I remember going upstairs, and I had to face a certain direction out the front window, and I would sit cross-legged. And I remember being able to levitate when this is when I was like five, and I haven't been able to do it since. I don't know if it actually happened, but I have a very vivid memory of this happening on multiple occasions. My mom used to always wake up and I'd be asleep beside the fish tank, which was where right beside where I was happening all the time. And so that's just like a vague memory. I don't, I don't really know, but that I can confirm that one, but I can confirm living in that same house. We had a cold cellar in the basement that was in like the back corner of the house. And my brother set up, he took a sewing machine motor. And he set up like a, a fake car down there. And we used to go down there and we'd drive the car. And I was down there driving the car and a figure came out and I jumped up and I ran and it actually pushed me as I was running up the stairs and I fell. And I talked to my sister and she said that she had seen the same figure in the basement. And like, we all stopped going down into that cold cellar after that. But that was my first like experience where it was like, I seen something and it actually like, interacted with me like and it scared the living crap out of me like i would never 
go back down there. Whenever I would flip the lights off, I used to just tear off down the hallway and like up the stairs to like try to get out of there as quick as possible. And I would not sleep alone down there. I would sleep in the bed with my brother, even though we had separate beds and everything. Cause like I would get really scared in the night when the, when the lights were all off. And that was like my first interaction with the shadow man figure that I've experienced. Like as I experienced it later on in my life, I thought it was attached to my grandfather who passed away. Does it kind of look like, you've heard like the hat man, but my grandpa used to wear like when we would go door to door on Saturday mornings, he wore a trench coat and like a, a fedora like hat when we were going out witnessing in the mornings. And hold, I on, a that was, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your grandfather wore a trench coat to go witness. Like, like it was raining and it was winter time. Sometimes it's so intimidating. <laughs> I mean, like, like uh, if I saw somebody come to my door knocking on it with a trench coat, I'd be like, oh, I don't want none of that. I don't want none of that. <laughs> that looks like trouble. It was a fancy. It wasn't like a, a black leather, like coming in to shoot up a school kind of so trench it, coat. So it wasn't like an undertaker <laughs> kind of trench coat where like it looked like he was No, it was like death. a tweed. It was a tweed like jacket that he wore. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And so we moved from that house after a few years. and. Then I had, uh, this was my first case of having a premonition of any kind. And I had a dream and I had slept, like I woke up and I was like, that was really weird. And I went upstairs and I told my mom, I was like, hey mom, I had a dream that we're like going to Calizanti's today, which was, uh, they had like a petting zoo and all this stuff. And she got really mad because she thought my dad told me that we actually had gone to like that we were going and it was supposed to be a surprise for us and like all the whole family. And I was like, no, I, I had a dream about this. And she's like, well, don't tell your siblings because we're, we're going like this afternoon. And that was like, okay. And then when I was in grade four, yeah, I was no grade five. Sorry. I had a dream. That was when I had my first girlfriend and I had a dream that, she had broken up with me and I went to school and her friends wouldn't let me like talk to her and like everything was fine. We held hands the day before, like rode the bus and everything. And then I went to school the next day and I went to talk to her and her friends circled around her. And I was like, Oh my God, like I dreamt about this. And she told me she didn't want to talk to me and that we couldn't go out anymore. And I was like, okay, so I just had two dreams now. Like, that I actually like dreamt something and it actually came to pass like as it happened in the dream. And that was like, it happened. It's only happened a few more times in my life since then, but usually like my eyes will start watering. Like if I'm awake when it happens or I'd like dream it out and it like happens. And I had a, the dream with, it was, I guess eight months ago where I, I got my wife pregnant and we have been trying to get pregnant and stuff. And I told her, I was like, just watch, you're going to end up pregnant. And then she called me at work a few days later and had the positive pregnancy test. And I was just like, oh, it happened again. But uh, after the dreaming about my girlfriend, I kind of went through a period where I didn't have anything happen for a while. And then me and my friends, we were out and we were, oh, sorry. Let me go back. Sorry. I just made some notes here. I had a friend 
that told me what also when I was in grade five, one day he showed up at school and we used to always talk and like he would come to the church with us every once in a while. And his parents were like hanging out with us. And he came to school the one day and he's like, white as a ghost. And he goes, I had a crazy experience last night with the Ouija board. And I was like, I told you like, we should, we're, I'm not allowed to play with those. Like you probably shouldn't be playing with those either. And he goes, well, me and my sister were playing with it in my room. And I asked her, or we were playing and we asked, are you evil? And it spelled out yes. And he asked it, do something to prove that you're actually evil. And it made his lights flicker three times in his room. And he freaked out and he told his parents and his dad threw it out into the burn pit. He was going to burn it the next day. And they woke up the next morning and it was in his sister's closet. And he, like he said, his dad got really mad because he was getting rid of this thing because he was starting to go down like the religious road and didn't want to be messing with that stuff. So he went out and he actually burned it. And I don't know if it's a weird coincidence or what, but later that summer there was like a freak accident at the grain mill where like his dad was a farmer and a truck jumped the block somehow and killed like five people. And his dad was one of them. And he's like, was that the spirit coming back to like get him for like, messing with the Ouija board or whatever but I swore off Ouija boards ever since like that had happened and I never after that I didn't have really too many like experience I started like praying all the time and I got baptized as a Jehovah's Witness and like so I didn't have very many experiences until I stopped going and then when I was like 19 things started happening again where I had a dream or not a dream, I was in my room going to bed and a shadow came creeping out of my closet, like along the ceiling and like reaching out to grab me. And I just started calling on like Jesus name to like save myself. And it like, it went away and it was like super terrifying for me. My eyes were watering and I was just like, I don't know. I went around and I like prayed around my house and everything to try to like get rid of it because at the time I just left the church and I was like although the older I get the more I find myself going back to that stuff because I I believe in a higher power and I believe in the spirit realm and everything still but when we were me and my friends were all hanging out and we went to the park one night and I used to live where like in the middle of nowhere you could see like full sky everything and we were out at the park and my friend was like hey what's that and pointed up and we seen these two lights and like they were like hovering around and like doing this kind of thing and then one hovered above the other and a light shot from the bottom one up to the top one and then they just bolted and disappeared and we were like holy crap i think we just seen like a ufo and so we were talking to like our friend like her parent like my friend's parents and like i was out at a place that I used to jam with my friend's buddy and his neighbor came over and we like mentioned it to him. Cause we were just like asking everybody about it. And he said that one night he woke up and he used to live on Lake Erie and there was, it dropped off down to like the beach. Like he lived across the road and his neighbor lived like on the lake and it was like a 30 foot drop. And then there's like Lake Erie and then across the lake, it's like Cleveland or whatever. And he said that he came up or woke up one night because his dog was barking and he this is like a no-nonsense farmer dude like 
I don't think that he was like lying to us about it. And he said that he woke up because his dog was barking and he walked out to check out what's going on. And he walked up to the edge and he seen a, a triangle shaped like craft floating over the water. And it was actually like almost making a divot in the water. And he was like, I got to go get my camera. And he started to like run back and his dog was barking. And then like he turned back to look over his shoulder one last time. And he said he seen it shoot straight up from the ground and just disappear into the sky. And he told us this and he was just like, the look on his face, like was like, he wasn't messing around. He wasn't trying to pull her leg or anything. And I was just like, all right. So other people have had these experiences, like, and you hear a lot now with like people seeing these things go into water and they can apparently do whatever they want to do. But that was the first time that I had a story that kind of confirmed what I'd seen. And then a few years later, we were camping in Grand Bend and different lake, but we were out on the, the beach and there was a, a family that was walking it was like as the sun was going down and we seen this light that like dropped from the sky it was like it almost looked like a sparkler but it just like dropped really slow and then disappeared like into the middle of the lake and me and our friends were watching we're like what what are we seeing right now and we looked over at the like the family that i don't know if they were family or a group of friends or whatever and they were there and they were looking and pointing at the same thing. So like, I think we all seen the same thing, but it's, it's just weird to have experiences where it's like water was there, like very similar. I don't know. It was similar circumstances. It seemed it felt like to me, like instead of shooting it up to the ground, it like actually dropped in and that was, yeah, that was my, those are my UFO stories that I've, I've had. I haven't seen anything since or anything, but all the stuff that's coming out now. And I listened to the episode where you're, the guy was talking about the triangle shaped trap with the Nokian writing and stuff on it. And that really struck a chord with me where it was like same shape craft, same like kind of deal. And it was just like, all right, I, that's when I started really like doing, like looking into these things and like asking more questions. And I started talking to people and just like picking their brains about stuff to see if, if I'm crazy or if it was just like my eyes playing tricks on me or whatever. But that was, I was about 19. No, I was 20 when that happened because I was living. What kind of conclusions have you come to when it comes to the UFO stuff? I mean, like you mentioned about Charlie from that episode and what he saw. Uh, do you think that it's military mostly, most most likely? Or because for, I'll just tell you straight up for me, I think that UFOs probably have many different origins. I think that if you see yeah. something in the sky, it doesn't mean that everything you see in the sky came from the same place. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what other people think about those kind of things. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, you looked into it and stuff. What are, what are kind of some of the things you, you're settling on? I'm, I'd like to think now because of how far we've come and stuff that some of the stuff might be militarily based and whatnot. But then I also think like we've been seeing these things since like the forties and stuff, right? Like 
we didn't have the technology back then to be doing what like drones can do now where they can switch on a dime and change directions and stuff. So I'm about in the same boat as you, I would say that where I think that some of the stuff is like, I don't know if it's aliens or if it's interdimensional or what, but the experiences that I have had, I would tend to think that I'll probably 50, 50 of it being either man-made or coming flashing into our reality and whether it needs water to charge up or whatever it is to like get power and then move on or they're just like dropping in and say what's up i don't know so i think i think that if war breaks out on a serious level i think we're going to see ufos and i think it's going to be used as weapons Mm -hmm. i think that and i don't know who I, I don't want to say the United States government. Now you're in Canada. Um, I don't want to say the United States government's going to whip out that secret weapon. Uh, it, it very well could be another country, but I do think that on some, maybe multiple co- countries, I don't know, but I do think on some level, if you wanted to have that secret weapon kind of thing, I think that's, I think that's where we're at now. I just think that's where we're at yeah. now. I, th- I think we're in a, in a, p- a place where science, technology, um, and your 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 imagination that goes along with those kind of things has has turned into you know having the ability to do certain things. Plus, I do think that uh, there's ancient technology that we're, we've tapped into. I think there's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of ingredients to this whole. Uh, um, wait, uh, I'm, draw- I'm drawing a blank of uh, what what the food is, where it's a big mix of everything. Um, a jambalaya, a jambalaya, <laughs> a medley. yeah, yeah, like like uh, fruit cake, you know, whatever, you yeah. know. But uh, yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of ingredients here, and um, man, can you imagine? I mean, it's hard to imagine. Uh, everybody's so scared of nukes, and and you know, rightfully so. I mean, they they do hold that that threat. Uh, but man, imagine if there's a weapon that's even more useful than nuclear weapons imagine having access to a a weaponized craft that can go from point a to point b instantaneously yeah it's a game changer and i'm pretty sure that they've been working on that for years like if you heard the lockheed martin the interview with the guy with the lockheed martin he's like when he was talking about esp being how these craft work and they have the technology to take et home like that's what makes me think that some of that stuff could be military, but also that stuff was happening in the forties. But you also see pictures of Hitler trying to develop UFO shaped craft. And like, all, like there's actual photos that you can find online of that stuff. So at this point, it's like, that's why I think it could be a mixture of both, or maybe they're channeling them or like John, like there was people that were like channeling stuff for like the queen back in the day. And we're reading their palms and like billionaires, talk about astrology and like like all this kind of stuff like all the time and so like i'm not sure exactly where i stand on that but i i do think that there i know that i don't think i know in my heart that there's like stuff that we cannot explain and there are things like you read the book of enoch and he talks about them bringing in witchcraft and forgery and like they came and they showed us how to do this stuff and then they left which goes hand in hand with people that are like channeling entities or whatever and like some people say that they're like currently doing it now so who knows what's happening they said that they weren't doing the 
uh, oh my god i'm brain farting on the name of it when people picture a military site or whatever and remote viewing oh yeah like they're and they said they weren't funding that and they were funding that for 30 40 years and who knows like so those are like weird things to me but like i've had experiences with entities and whatnot like that had happened even like more like i'll get into that in a second i guess but uh i had my other premonition that i had was i was in my 20s and my girlfriend at the time was visiting me and she was came to work with me to help me load up my truck to go on like i'd used to deliver milk and she was like she went to go to the bathroom and i had like a flash my eyes started watering and i seen a truck veer off into like the side rail, like the the median and like slam her car in between it. And she came back and I was like all shaken up and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, you need to be really careful when you're driving home today because like I have really bad, I just got a really bad feeling. And as she was driving home that day, there was a truck driver that actually fell asleep and he ran into the median and she was like there, but she slammed on her brakes because she seen him coming over, like drifting across the lanes. And she watched the accident happen, like directly in front of her. And it was like, all right. So was that just me like freaking out and just being worried about her driving and that could have happened? Or was that actually something that my brain put together? And I just like, I got a sick feeling in my stomach and I like actually said something about it. That, it that really seems like a lot like the dreams, you know, only, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a dream as much as, you know, you had like, well, I mean, the way you described it, it seemed like you, you were, you're awake, but you had like this flash of, let me ask you this. So during that moment, when you saw that in your mind's eye or whatever, did it feel like you had it out and like an out of body experience? It, I seen it happen. Like I was in the car with her almost. So yeah, I guess it would have been like borderline out of body experience. I've had out of body experiences twice where I like actually was floating above my body. And then as soon as I realized what was happening, like I snapped back into my body and it would, and that had happened twice to me, but this was after that had happened. And I don't know, I started seeing like, after that happened, I started like seeing faces around like, and they say that there's like, a name for a medical condition where you recognize patterns and whatnot. But one time I was drinking a beer and the foam formed the face. And 45 minutes later, the face was still there. I had a picture of it like that I had kept on my phone, my, my old Sony Ericsson back way back in the day. And another time I spilt like a yogurt at work and it dried perfectly in the face that almost looks like your confessionals face that you got like in the background there but I showed it to my boss and like everybody and I took pictures of it and everybody's like, yeah, that looks like a face, but that could be just the me seeing faces or whatever. But I started seeing that man because my grandfather passed away around this time. So this is why I thought I was seeing him because when I would see him, when I was loading my truck in the morning, like I worked in a yard and they used to drop a trailer off and we had to, pull the skids off and pick our loads and everything. And I was the first one to load in the morning. And there was a light that was on a, a motion sensor. And I would, I got to the point because I would, the shadow would walk right up to the edge of the light. 
And I got to the point where I would throw it and I would like basically count. And then when, as soon as the light flicked off, I'd grab an empty milk crate and I'd throw it. So it triggered it again. So that it like to keep this, the shadow man away. Cause it was like creepy, but I was trying to justify it as like, Oh, I'm just seeing my father and he's or my grandfather. And he's coming to like check in on me and whatnot. But then I hear, started listening to your podcast about the hat man and all of these things. And it's like, I don't know if that was my grandfather, like, and the vibe that I got didn't give off like a happy, like my grandpa was always joking and he was whistling and he was like a happy go lucky guy. And I did, that was not the vibe that it was like, I was getting off of, I guess they call it the hat man. I used to call it the tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> the tall guy with a hat. Tall guy with the hat, but it was just, he was just like a shadow figure and he would always just appear and he would like come right up to the edge of the light and would like just stand there and like stare at me, but you couldn't see a face. You couldn't see anything. It was just like a creepy presence that was there. And yeah, I, it started getting to the point, like, like I said, where I just would, I was just hawking milk crates across and the guys would come in the morning and be like, what are you doing, man? Like there's, there'd be seven or eight milk crates across the warehouse <laughs> on the other side. Cause it was a cross dock. And there, and I was just like, nothing, man. Like I'm nothing. Just loading my truck up, and those fell over, and I didn't pick them up. <laughs> like, but you know, I, I'll say I used to drive truck for a, a coffee machine company called Rico, and uh, in the mornings I would go in before everybody, I because I would go from the Philadelphia area to the bottom of Delaware, and it's about a three hour drive to get to my first stop, and so I would just go in. Like drivers would supposed to start around seven. I would go in around five. Um, and sometimes the doors weren't open. So I'd find a garage door that was unlocked overnight and I'd lift it up and go inside, but I'd start loading my truck. Uh, and I always felt creeped out in there. And then sometimes I had to take a, a machine from the front of the dock all the way into the back of the warehouse where they put all the crappy machines to be fixed. And there's quite a few times that I was just like, and I'm not feeling today. And I would just kind of like take the machine and just push it and let it roll down the aisle. <laughs> and I was just like, that's good enough. That's good enough. I, I used to load my truck and it was that I'd have to be there at three in the morning. And so that's like the witching hour or whatever, like three 30 or between three and four is when weird stuff is supposed to be happening. And like, that was always when it was happening. Like, and the other guys would come in around four cause they, the routes were a little bit closer cause I was at, I was the young guy and had to drive the worst runs, which is always the best. But I, I, I always wasn't sure whether it was like, oh, I went to bed at nine and I woke up at two. So I might be short of sleep or whatever. But like when it started happening consistently and then I, the face was, was showing up and stuff, it was just like, this is like too weird at this point. Like it's not just like my mind playing tricks on me because yeah. it happened also it would happen at my I, I switched jobs and I was working in the warehouse and I used to try to like I'd see the, this figure and I thought it was like my friends trying to like sneak through the racking and scare me and a few times I like I jumped down and was like I see you man and there was nobody there and it was just like oh okay I'm just gonna keep driving down this aisle I guess <laughs> All 
right, we're going to take a second and talk about our sponsor for this week, which is our returning sponsor, a very consistent sponsor of Simply Safe. Many people have been turning to Simply Safe. And let me tell you something about Simply Safe. How many of you interact with a company that you know the owner of the company like does not care anymore if they're even alive because the company's been around forever. It's probably run by somebody that's not even part of the family. And if it's run by somebody that's in the family, it's usually the kids who don't give a crap about the business. Well, let me tell you something. Simply Safe is a huge company that has been breaking grounds in home security. And it started 15 years ago. That tells me one thing. Chad and Eleanor Lawrence are very much involved still in the making of Simply Safe, a company they started over 15 years ago because somebody broke into one of their friends' homes and they wanted to have a system that was simple, easy to set up and made them feel secure. That's why they called it Simply Safe. And here's the thing. With Simply Safe, they got a lot of security experts working there on a daily basis. So they're always there for you, whether it's an emergency with a house fire, somebody breaking in, or you're setting up the whole system and you just need some assistance. They're there to help you all the time. And the thing is, Simply Safe just makes it so easy with the setup. I've told you guys about that before. It only takes about two minutes to customize a system on their website, simplysafe.com slash confessionals, and boom, you're ready to rock. It's going to ship to your house, and within 30 minutes to 60 minutes, I add the 60 minutes because it took me forever to set up mine because, you know... I'm technically challenged, but they say 30 minutes. So I believe the average person will do 30 minutes, but 30 to 60 minutes, you'll have your home set up with home security. You'll feel safer at night. You and your family will be protected when you're sleeping and your eyes are closed. To learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family, visit simplysafe.com slash confessionals today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash confessionals. Let me tell you real quick, uh, because you, you've mentioned this a couple of times now about the faces. And when I, uh, I got an email from a listener. I, I, I don't remember the, the, who the listener was and I'm, I'm drawing a blank as to who this person was, but I got to get this person on the show to be honest with you. There's somebody on Instagram who summons spirits and he takes pictures of like drinks and uh, he'll, he'll have like a smoke machine going and he takes pictures of these f- very clear faces showing up in drinks, uh, smoke, and it, it was, there's other things he does, but th- those are the things that I'm thinking of now. Uh, I mean, some of it's like, oh yeah, I can see a face there. And some other things is just like, like if you didn't know what he was doing, you're like, that's a weird looking face. Like, like why, why is that yeah. face there? You know, uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of trippy. So when you're talking about this, that's what I'm picturing in my head. I'm like, oh God, like that's messed up you know yeah it it used to freak it it still freaks me out but fortunately i haven't had been i noticed also a lot of these things would happen when i was like in highly stressed times in my life like after my grandpa passed away and when i was going through my divorce is when like the craziest stuff happened to me but i was in a bad place i was drinking too much and i was like really depressed because like i was going through divorce and like my whole world basically got shattered and like, but then I also, that got tied into like, I found out that my ex was doing chanting and stuff like, and my son 
woke up one night. He was three at the time. And he came out of his room and he just had like a blank stare on his face. And he was like, and he was like crying. And I came like, we got up and I came out and I was like, what's going on, buddy? Like, what's going on? He was just looking like past me over my shoulder. And he started screaming like a blood curdling scream. And then he peed his pants. He hadn't peed the bed. Like he'd been potty trained for like a year, no messes, no nothing. And he like, stared over my shoulder and just like screamed this blood curdling scream and peed his pants. And then I shook him awake and I was like, like, what's going on? What's going on? And he like snapped to, and he was like, Oh, Oh. And then he looked down and realized that he peed his pants and he started crying because he peed his pants. But it was just like, what was that? And this was like right before I got divorced. And then I found out because my son came up crying one morning and I, I used to work nights and I came home and I'd get, go straight to bed and my wife would wake up at the time and she would go do her meditations or what I thought were meditations. And he, he was pounding on the door and I opened the door and he had like gashed his head, like open on like the, on the vent or like we used to have baseboard heaters and he had like bashed his head open. And he was like bleeding all down his face. And so I grabbed him and I like ran downstairs and I was like, why didn't you get up and like check? And she's like, Oh, I was just like, finishing up my meditation but when I opened the door to go in the basement all the lights were off and she had um I guess they call them a mandala and she was doing a chant in some like other language that had been given to her by a guru like online who happened to rip her off for five hundred dollars but like who knows what that person like what she was chanting to or what but like I started this is when I started like we started fighting she started like not seeming like herself and we like split and then weird stuff started happening like around the house and like we decided like we were splitting and going our separate ways and like I'd hear footsteps in the house and like I came out and there was actually like footprints like on the stairs like indentations and I was like like what is going on right now and so I like went to work after I'd seen like I heard the footprints and like I got up and opened my door my dog would always like growl at the door and like he was like freaking out I had a boxer at the time and he was like would growl and like freak out and I was like not like him to like just bark like if somebody knocked on the door he wouldn't even bark he would run up to the door and like stand there and he'd like kind of growl but he would like stare at the door and be like barking as I'm hearing these footsteps and I opened the, the door and I seen like the actual like indentations and I was like went to work and I was really freaked out about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like, when I get home today, I'm going to look up like a, a, like a protection prayer to try to like clear the house. And I like brought my laptop and I brought it in the bathroom. I set it on the back of the toilet and I had my phone out because I was going to hook my laptop up to watch, watch some stuff when I went downstairs and I was sitting on the toilet and I pulled like the prayer up and I was said the prayer. And as soon as I said like, amen, it picked up, like for off the back of the toilet to the peak of like the shower curtain and then slammed on the floor beside me. And it just got like icy cold. And like, I got like all the hairs when my eyes started watering and I, I jumped off the toilet and I grabbed my dogs and I went to my friend's house and I was like, dude, I just had the craziest thing like happen. And then I hung out there. And then when I got home, I went around and like, I said the prayer again and like trying to clear the house of like whatever it was and it was like i told my ex because we she was still coming over to watch the kids 
for me like when I went to work and I was like I do not want you doing your meditations I don't want you doing any chanting here like and I told her what had happened and she's like oh I'll stage the house and clear it out or whatever and so she went around and did her sage thing when I like went to work or whatever but I like went around and I prayed around the house and it was like after that things like toned down and I never really like experienced that level of messing with me again but I'd still would occasionally see like the shadow figure and everything but as soon as I would call on like Jesus name and like he would go away and I stopped saying Jehovah and started saying praying to Yahweh instead because I started trying to bring religion back in my life I ran one of my friends from work was like really devout Christian he started praying for me when I told him stuff and like then things seemed to like go away and then we moved from there like I, or I moved from there and into the new place and then just the energy was completely different like I didn't get the creepy feelings I can come in the basement and I can turn the lights off and not feel like something was like lurking in the darkness like and I don't know if it was whether because just because I was in a healthier place and like I had met my current wife now and but we were like just dating and stuff and things like I was in a much healthier happier place like and I haven't had anything happen with that kind of stuff ever since that she stopped doing that and I swear like after we split I was talking to my ex and I was like and she was saying because when we first got together she, she had never been with anybody else it was just like me and so she got free and she decided to go and like sleep around and i've been friends with her for like 30 years so i was probably getting more information than i should but she said that when she was hooking up with strangers that she could feel the power from them and it like vibrated in her like third eye and i was like and when she's telling me this her eyes were like big and like she didn't look like it was just it was really creepy and i was like i don't know what's going on with you but like you are not being yourself right now because like she was a a church we were both like church going jehovah's witnesses like and we and then she started dabbling in all this stuff and like weird stuff started happening and like i don't know and then she stopped doing that and turned back into herself and was like i don't know what i was doing like i kind of went crazy there for a while and it was like yeah you didn't seem like yourself like i looked at you in the eyes and i didn't recognize you like and i've known you for 30 years like so and it was, it was interesting to say the least. So with her, I mean, did, so she's not doing it anymore. Then no, did she's did she, she stopped? Go ahead. The, she's no, sorry. I was finishing your question. No, no, I, you were going to answer what I was going to just ask. I was going to ask, you know, how did she stop? She stopped when she realized that she had been ripped off by that guru guy that charged like her credit card without her consent. And she was like, oh, like I'm being scammed. And so she stopped doing that and she started focusing on her own. Like she still isn't like she has her spiritual practice, whatever that is, but it involves meditating and stuff. But she's no longer like chanting and staring at this mandala trying to manifest whatever it is that she was trying to manifest at the time. You know, I what so she feels like she was ripped off. Uh, I. I mean, depending on what your intentions were, I guess she was ripped off. But I mean, 
uh, intention is a huge thing with this kind of stuff. And so that's why you don't need a Ouija board to do anything. You can use a homemade, you know, yes, no thing that you make on a piece of paper. You can just do, uh, take a piece of paper, put a line down the middle, put a line down the middle going horizontally and put yes in one corner, no in the other on the bottom, two squares to the opposite where it's no on the other side, yes on the other side, hold a, a crystal over the paper and you start asking questions and that thing starts. Oh, swinging. she got, she, uh, got big into crystals and stuff at that time. And I found out this was one of the things that led to our divorce is that she was like going and spending money on all these crystals and buying all this stuff and charging it to her credit card that, and not telling me, but she wasn't working. She was like a stay at home mom. And I was stressing the whole time about like money stuff. And I found out about all this and was like, Oh, you, apparently you don't care like about how much stress this is putting on me, like financially, and you're just doing whatever you want. And it turned out she was doing whatever she wanted because she was going out and she was like going behind my back and doing all sorts of stuff. Like, and it was a good thing that we got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like, I mean, what what they say? Uh, finances are the number one, you know, marriage killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess uh, picking up new spiritual practices that, you know, take a lot of money is a double whammy for you, I guess. Uh, but you know, it, it sounded like she got in deep with it for a while and it was affecting mm-hmm. your kids. Uh, your son, uh, y- you mentioned it a little bit. Did, so he saw mom doing this stuff, I guess, you know, she's a stay at home. mom. Yeah, He would go down there. He would go down there occasionally and like be down there with her. But he also told me at one point that I asked him why he's like so scared of the dark because we hadn't, you, he made them, he put like five nightlights in his room. And I was like, why are you so scared of the dark? And he said, when it's dark, the eyes come to see me. And I was like, that just creeped me out. Cause I'd been seeing the faces and stuff and like, Holy shit, I just got fucking. <laughs> but like, it, it was like, that's when I was like, you need to like keep this shit away from my son, like, and our kids. Cause like, I don't know, whatever it is you're doing, it shouldn't be reflecting back like onto my life and like on the kids and stuff. Cause at the time, she was still staying at my place, like, cause I worked nights. And so she would watch them during the day when I was like sleeping. And then, she would go to work when I got home and then like, we just like traded off, but she was still doing her whole chanting and whatever it was that she was doing. And like, I just wasn't into it. Like it got really new agey and she was like trying to manifest everything. And I was just like, you have to actually work for these things. You can't like nothing comes for free. And, but yeah, once she got ripped off by that guru guy, then she, cut all that out and that seemed to like go away after that so so i know you said that your son i think you said to me either before we started recording or since we recorded but your son i think your oldest son's eight years old you said uh my daughter's eight my son's six okay so your son's six so this was what three years ago this this is happening yeah three it stopped when he was around he was three and then it happened up to like he was four when he said that he was seeing like the faith, like the eyes at night. And then I went around again and I said prayers and everything. And then now he's not scared of the dark at all. Like, I don't know if I'm just equating it in my head or. Does he remember any of this? I mean, does he ever bring it up at all? 
No, I probably should actually ask him about it because he's at he was at the age where he should be able to remember like that stuff happening. But I never I asked him what, like besides asking him like why he was scared of the dark and then him saying like that's when the eyes come to see him at night. And I said I mentioned it to my new wife and she's like, Yeah, but that could just be him me reading monster books or whatever. And I was like, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> like, she even like my wife has stories, like she went when she she has a story she used to be like a dancer and went to a dance school and they went to a dance recital in new jersey or something and it was like in an old like hotel house or wherever it was but it was like you know the ones that have the windows above the doors like the that open yeah and all of the windows were open and one night at three in the morning like when she was there at three in the morning all of them like six different rooms all slammed shut and everybody ran out into like the hallway and like woke up at once. And she's like, I don't know what that was, but like, that's one of her, she's only had two experiences. And another one was when she went and she was in her twenties and she went to uh, Charlotte, Charlottesville in North Carolina or whatever. And they went to like a haunted restaurant or whatever and they, she went in and she said she felt fine and she walked in and all of a sudden she started feeling sick and she felt something brush against her leg and like she's like we need to get out of here and like her like i'm not hungry or anything and then as soon as she left all of a sudden she said she was starving again and like it, her the sick feeling went away and everything and so she chalks it up to something being haunted like there and she's like not crazy believer in this stuff she probably thinks i'm kind of crazy when i tell her my stories and stuff (laughs) but i i think i think charlotte north carolina uh is one of it's it's i i feel like it's either charlotte i know it's savannah savannah georgia is very very haunted uh Mm -hmm. but i for some reason i feel like charlotte north carolina is one of those cities it's supposed to be one of the most haunted towns in all of America. Yeah, or yeah. That's where a lot of the civil war stuff went down. Yeah. And I, I've never been there and stuff, but, um, you know, I, I, obviously I've talked to people who have been there and, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's definitely a haunted city and, uh, I, I should go visit sometime. Well, they say that you can feel that stuff like in the air, like when you go to like Normandy and stuff, they say you can feel the sadness of like the lost souls and stuff. And like, I think that our, I don't think like I, I based it off of like science and it's like, you can't create or destroy energy. Like it just is, you can just, it changes form. So if you were to die in a traumatic way, who's to say that your life force or whatever it is that animates us or your soul or whatever could be caught there. Like that's what they say in a lot of ghosts that you see, like it's always like, somebody that had been murdered or something like that. And like, that's just what I put together. Like, and it makes sense to me. And then she had those experiences there and it's like, yeah, that makes sense that that would happen because if who knows, it could have been somebody's dog or whatever that like got killed on the battlefield and then lives there now. And like they built a restaurant on top of it or whatever. But the house that I used to live in that I like, it, I had I used to be terrified of the basement and whatnot. We we lived on a property and the house had burned. There was a house that the foundation was still there and it had burned down and two kids had died there. So I think that 
I didn't find this out till like we were like older that the kids actually died, but it's like, that makes sense that I was seeing shadow figures and whatnot there. Like I wasn't always the hat man. Sometimes I'd see a little girl and like, I don't know. It, I don't know what to chalk it up to other than I've had weird stuff happen. That makes me believe in other realms. And that's not even like in this is stone sober stuff. Like I've had experiences like being on mushrooms and smoking DMT. And I had like a mass hallucination, like, well, it wasn't a mass hallucination. It was me and my wife both seeing the exact same. Was, I called her the Emerald lady, but it looked like a woman that was made entirely of leaves that were like swirling around her. And I like seen her like, cause me and my wife turned off all the, well, my, ex-wife turned off all the lights and whatnot just to like see what would happen because we were like just messing around we were young and in our 20s and having a good time and we both seen the exact same thing and like i was able to actually move energy on her and i gave her an orgasm without touching her one time and like because i just grabbed the energy and i collected it from her whole body and i moved it and then she had like an orgasm and was like what was that and i was like I could see your energy and I collected it you gave up. Your ex-wife an orgasm doing that? Yeah. Wow. Was that on DMT? That was on mushrooms. Wow. So what'd you see on DMT? On DMT with my current wife, we seen uh it was a lady and she looked like she was like African or something. And she had a fruit basket that she was carrying on her head and the fruit basket was like just the most amazing because we both smoked it and went in at the same time. And it's only like a 10 minute experience. So we had like, we put on the Icarus and everything. And then we did what we'd go in and then we discussed like what we seen or whatever. And then the one time we went in and we seen this lady and she was carrying like, it looked like like an African lady with like a fruit basket, but in the basket was just like, the prettiest and most like amazing colors and everything that she was like carrying. And she walked up to like me and she like held out something to me. And then like I snapped out of it and my wife said that she had seen like the same thing. So you've had two hallucinations with two, two separate people where they saw the same thing. Yes. That's what makes me think that it opens up like, your, but I don't know if it's your third eye or whatever, but like you, you see things that aren't, it's maybe it's your mind playing tricks, but when somebody else is there and like, I was, I came out and I was like, I want you to tell me what you seen. Cause like, it was like super vivid for me. And she like held it out. And then as she held it out, I like snapped, like, like started coming like out of it. And then I like waited a minute and then she came out. And she, I could tell she was having like an intense experience at the same time. And when we, like, she came out, I was like, all right, tell me what you've seen. And she described exactly what I had seen. And she had done the same thing to her and how though, like this, it wasn't like an apple. It was just this ball of like insane colors and shapes and everything. And like went to like pass it to her. And it was how how long do these experiences last? I mean, are we talking like you're out for 15 minutes, an hour, what? DMT is like we have like a, a vape that I've gotten and it, you'd be in anywhere between like six and 15 minutes. Okay. All right. Like it wasn't long. And then you're like, and then you come right back to baseline, like 
really fast to like to the point where it's like you could be like fully tripping and open your eyes like because you can like force your eyes open and then you'll like it'll be a little bit pixelated but then everything like snaps back to really quickly and but yeah we had gone in three times and it was on the third time that we've seen the lady so it seems like uh, so you can think of it probably many more ways than i i can even imagine but the two ways i'm looking at it is i mean one you could all right so maybe you're having a hallucination and uh somebody else is having the same hallucination and so makes you question is it a hallucination or are you able just to see into another realm or something like that uh but it also Mm -hmm. makes you wonder about connected consciousness and the um the quantum physics of of nature that we're just starting to scratch the surface of you know the the idea of quantum physics where you know like just taking an atom from philadelphia and and splitting in the other part is in LA, this is the stupid podcaster Tony's translation. Uh, but they 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 interact and it, if one does something, the other one does it, it simultaneously. It makes you wonder if, if yeah. your consciousness is doing the same thing. So it's not even uh, a matter of maybe it is, but maybe it's not. So maybe you're not seeing into another realm as much as your consciousness are connected and you're able to see. I don't know. I think of it as like it's thinning the veil in like some way. Cause like a lot of people like without even having any, like I've had all my other experiences, like I wasn't under the influence. I wasn't drinking. It wasn't except for my out of body experience that I had when I was like super drunk and I seen myself and I looked down at myself and seen how pathetic I was like when I was going through my divorce and then I like snapped back into my body and was like, I need to like make a change. And I like sobered up and like stop destroying my life. Cause it was like, I was only hurting myself doing it, but like everybody has had the experience where you go to call a friend and you pick it up and it doesn't, you don't even get to dial and they're like already on the line or like you walk over to the phone and like you experience where you pick it up and like hand it to your dad. And like, how'd you know that was going to happen? Like, and so I've had those experience. So I always like believed in that. And I, I would try to do that kind of stuff when I was on mushrooms or whenever I would like, dabble in them not like i'm eating them all the time or whatever but i used to do them once or twice a year like i'd get rid of the kids to grandma's house and just have a fun evening or whatever but then i started doing it more seriously where i was like my other out-of-body experiences i i had i took like a heroic dose like five grams of mushrooms by myself and i sat in the pure dark to try to like figure some stuff out and then I had my other out of body experience where like I see myself sitting there and then I like, but it, it, every time I would notice that I was like out of my body, it would like snap me back into it. So like, it was never like a long thing where I'm like exploring like the universe and able to fly and do all this stuff. It was just like, Oh, you can get out of your body. And like, I can lucid dream sometimes, but it's like nothing crazy. It's just like, I can control my dream and then make whatever I want happen, happen in my dream. But then I wake up and I'm just, it's, it's not like I feel myself snap into my body and I wake up, I just wake up and it's like, Whoa, that was crazy. Like, So you, you've said this several times now referencing about the out of body experience being snapped into your body. 
during the out-of-body experience, did you ever see this silver cord or whatever that connects you to your actual body? Like, I think people talk about being from your forehead or your, or from your gut to your forehead or something like that. No, I never seen the actual, I've heard about that. And like, when, if you like cut it, you're supposed to die or whatever. But whenever it happened, when it happened to me, it was like, I was floating in the top corner of the room and like looking down at myself and like, the one time it happened, like the first time it happened, I wasn't on psychedelics. I was just like, I was drunk and I was laying on the floor feeling sorry for myself. And then like, I lifted up out of my body and I seen how pathetic I looked drunk on my floor by myself, just being sad. And like, it, it like I seen that and I feel like it, gave me the picture that I needed to see. And then like, I snapped too. And I like, I went up and I poured the rest of my beer down the sink. And I was like, I got to stop doing this. And like, like, what am I doing? Like I'm getting like shit face drunk by myself in my basement. Like I'm not benefiting anybody. I'm not being the good father for my kids. Like if anything was to happen right now, I wouldn't even be able to respond. And it was just like, it gave me the impression, like get your fucking shit together, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, I I understand. I mean, um, I, I everybody who has a turnaround story has that moment, you know, where something mm-hmm. happened that kind of snapped them out of it. Whether it's family approaching them, uh, or like a paranormal type experience, you know, um, I, I've had I've had that moment myself, you know, and for me it was mm-hmm. a God thing, you know. I I literally was in a church and angry that the, that there was a preacher preaching about Jesus. And, uh, I was irate. Like I could feel my blood boiling. And in that moment I had a life transformation that had nothing to do with the preacher. Mm-hmm. Like I had a spiritual experience, um, that I was not expecting in the middle of my anger. And, uh, it was an instantaneous thing for me though. I, like I, I changed my life forever. Uh, or that's happened my life. That's very similar to me because I, I dealt with anger issues like through a lot of my whole life, and then ever since then, like I do not allow myself to get like angry. I, I always try to take a minute and like walk away if anything's happening at work or whatever it is. It's like I'm not my best when I'm angry, and I don't like myself when I'm angry. So, like having those experiences of seeing like. I also was probably a point of reflection because I was like upset about the money stuff and like everything. And like I, when I had my out of body experience and stuff, I'd found all the emails from my ex and it was like, not good. And I was just in a really dark place. And it was just like, did I push her away? Like from me being angry about the financial stuff. And then I, I vowed to myself, it's like, I will not allow myself to get like that, angry and upset anymore and it's really hard sometimes to like always be the bigger person because yeah. i was always like want to do this let's do this but like i don't know I'm, I'm a better person for it so i i guess i i seen what i needed to see but i've talked I've, i have a friend who also he, he became a like devout christian and stuff and he said he had the same kind of experience where he was like drinking too much and he was smoking weed and he was smoking cigarettes and he, he like wasn't going to church with his family. Like he was like, cause his family was really devout and he was like, 
basically going out to try to do just make himself happy and he's like screw you i i will do whatever i want and he had said he had like a very similar moment where he like seen what he was doing to himself and that he wasn't being like the father that he needed to be and that the reason that he was in the place that he was was because of the decisions that he was making that were like what he thought in his words like he was going against christ and he, he like he tried to convince me he's like you need to come back and like rededicate yourself to god and everything and i was like i still believe in god and i believe in like jesus and everything but i have like my own personal relationship with it because i've been when being raised a witness you're told this is the truth this is like this is what it, it is and then when i left and i you start doing research into like the church and everything and you realize like the shady past that they have and like they tell you not to look into that stuff for a reason so then i started questioning everything and then the older i get the more i find myself like i relate most to people that are like actually christian and have those had those same like set of morals like growing up and they like live according to like do unto others like and just be a good person and try to leave the world better than you found it and like but i don't think that necessarily you need god I'm sure that he helps and I'm sure that I could probably take a few shortcuts if I actually started because I felt the, like the call to go to church, but I don't know what church to go to now. And it's like, I don't want to go to a church and have somebody preaching at me and being like, this isn't what I want to be hearing, like, or whatever. Cause I'm like being raised, like I've read the Bible as a kid and like multiple times I read the Bible like twice through by the time I was like 13 and like, cause we were going out and witnessing and doing all this stuff. And like, I feel like a lot of people talk and will quote certain scriptures, but they haven't read like the whole thing. And it's like, you're not, you you can cherry pick stuff and make it say whatever you want, which is what a lot of what Jehovah's witnesses do. Like not to offend any listeners that are Jehovah's witnesses, if they're happy and it's good for them, like all the power to you. But I just, maybe it was just the church that I was at when I was growing up and we were like, we were the outcasts and we were never fully accepted into the church. And like, I felt like we got punished for that for whatever reason. And so I had like against that, if you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you won't tell me how to interpret the Bible anymore. When I see you being a, a bad person and you're doing this and like you're preaching one thing and then you're cheating on your wife and like but then there's no consequences for it because you're from the right family or whatever like i don't know life scars people life scars <laughs> people it, it does and everybody has their own situations in their lives that scarred them you know and usually those situations where people get scarred isn't because of you know they got lost in the woods for days on end. It's usually because they were scarred by other people, other human beings, flawed humans. And yep. uh, I just think it's important for people to um, acknowledge that they're, that, you know, sit their situations in their lives where they are scarred and what scarred them. I think that's one of the best things to do to move forward and to heal in life is to acknowledge what the issue is, what, what, what scarred me, what got me upset, what changed and, and not run from the truth of whatever it is, but attack it head on. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, it worked for me. Uh, and I've seen it work for a lot of other people. I mean, uh, you can hide from 
you know, the, the situation at hand. But if you just buckle down, be introspective and try to figure out what is making you tick, you can then mm-hmm. move on. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't happen for everybody. And, uh, you know, sometimes people turn to other addictions to, you know, run from those kind of things. And that's a whole other process. Uh, but listen, man, we could turn this into the healing hour with Tony, but, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, it's like a story. We, we kind of got away from the, no, it's the fine. paranormal stuff there. It's fine. It, it's whatever. I mean, it's a paranormal show, but the, but, par- but that's when that stuff was yeah, happening no, to it, me. It, it was when I was in a dark place. And like, I think if there was anything I took away from it is like, if the universe feels like it's trying to tell you something, it probably is. Yeah. And you need to listen to that versus to like diving into whatever it is that you're doing more. And like, and I, you hear stories about people that they can see auras or whatever. And they, when they walk by homeless people, they can see entities attached to them. Like whether it's like a heroin addiction or whatever, or whether you've been molested in some way or whatever. But yeah, there's, you got to move forward and the only way to do it is to actually like listen to those voices that speak to you or the experiences that you're having and actually like apply them in your life the best way that you know how, whether it involves going to speak to a pastor or going to get into AA. And I know AA is like linked to like, they link everything to a higher power and you're supposed to apologize and accept God into your life. And like, and that works for people obviously. And I think that, spirituality or religion or whatever it is plays a role in that so yeah and and that's the thing i mean uh, i guess it, it's you're scarred in life things go wrong in life but a lot of times um there is a spiritual aspect to a lot of it you know if you want to say spiritual or paranormal whatever uh people who have deep scars in life tend to have these spiritualized experiences in life, whether it's the paranormal hauntings, demonic possession, things that seem to follow them. Uh, And, and it's just from what I've gathered to be something that happens. And so, um, I think it all does relate. I think it all does relate. Uh, not always, but, uh, in general, I think that there are times that, you know, our life situations and, and what we've been through, have a deep impact on us and not just our personality and our, how we feel about ourselves and our personal reflections of who we are as people, but on a spiritual level or maybe spiritual attack level where, you know, maybe things, it, it op- opened a door for something to sink its teeth into us and we struggle with it, you know, and, and, and there's how many people out there that are going through such things where, where they're going through, you know, let's just call it generic terms, hauntings. Uh, and, it stems from a deep scar in their life. They have no idea. They have mm-hmm. no, they, they, there's no connection there mentally for them. They don't, they're not involved in these types of communities. They don't listen to the confessionals and they just exist their entire lives with these attachments. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of depressing. Um, yeah. Chris, man, I appreciate you sharing. I, I appreciate you opening up and, and sharing some of the, the more you know, personal stuff here. Uh, it really means a lot. And I appreciate you being on the show, man. Sorry if I, uh, ruined the end of the episode. No, <laughs> you didn't ruin anything. You didn't ruin anything. Listen, this, this show, I, I have my format for my show is open conversation. We start off 
talking about your paranormal experiences and how many times do paranormal experiences intertwine with real life situations. We're not going to shy away from it. We're going to talk about it all because this is real people, real life experiences and the paranormal and real life intertwine. It just, it just does. You know what I mean? You didn't ruin anything, brother. In fact, I, I almost guarantee you, there's a lot of people that are going to hear what you said and stuff. They're going to re- relate a lot. I hope so. And I hope that maybe I can help somebody or whatever, but I try to talk to my friends about this kind of stuff. And and yeah, I don't know. It, it's never too late to get your shit together. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, the best thing you can do to help this show grow is just to share it. So please, if you enjoyed this show, share it with your friends because that is the only thing I ask for you to do. Thank you very much in advance. And just a reminder, if you are a member or you are planning on becoming a member, there is an app for you to listen to all member content and Tuesday shows advertisement free through the Castos app. All you got to do is hit the link in the email we sent you, download the app, put your membership email into the app. And then when Castos emails you that magic link, click it and it will open up the app for you to listen to all the membership content. I'm excited about it and I hope you guys enjoy it too. And until next week, friends, stay safe. Take care and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Isn't a
configure the framework to disintegrate a subject you will aim for the brain versus mask adoption. Got us breathing in toxins. What are they concocting? Why they got us all by them? The sweet and sour, the cause obnoxious. You're a coward, ignoring the nonsense of garner or maintaining flowers. Once again, I brought this life from the powers. Nicola, you're so connected with all the infections and all the inceptions. Your belly, your To your mainframe, wipe your clean, that's a class of the reset. On the same IP, so they chain my feet. Vax pass ain't safe, it's a vague ID. Little JIT, quick and swimming what they selling, they lying like AOC. Abuela, abuela, I cannot save ya. Trump did this to you, we'll take no favors. From They get you drinking from a septic cup. You ain't septical, I messed them up. When I came through like Cuddy and I dressed them up, I blessed them up, possessing them. But telling me that God ain't real, I'm defiant. It takes less faith in him than believing in science. Maybe I'm biased, they think it's right. Maybe you're right. 